We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Plenty going on in the NBA today. We are going to do a look at the NBA standings, taking a look at exactly where each team is, what's surprising, what's not surprising, everything in between. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, here we go. You know, we're, we're hitting that point in the season where we're starting to figure out who's who, what, mm-hmm. what teams really are. We're starting to get a better sense of that. So I've been looking forward to doing our update on the standing so we can see exactly where, where teams are starting to slot in. Yeah, we're rapidly approaching that uh, quarter pole of the season, where, where, which seems crazy, right? If you know, we we started a little over a month ago, but that's how quick this early part of the season goes. So yeah, I'm excited to get into this and uh, you know get get a look and see you know what do we think's real, what's maybe not so real, and uh, ha- have that conversation. So yeah, it should should be should be a fun episode. All right, so first, before we dive into it, quick reminder for anybody who's over on the YouTube channel, make sure that you do subscribe and turn on those notifications. We want to run those subscribers up as much as we can heading into this Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Uh, And of course, over on the podcast side, make sure you do follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Mm -hmm. wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate all the growth that we've seen on this show. Without further ado, let's get into the standings. Uh, starting with the Eastern Conference, Keith, I know you're you're happy to see that your that your Celtics, despite having lost their last game, are sitting in the one seed in the Eastern Conference, thirteen and four, with the Milwaukee Bucks right behind them. It really feels like, you know, the the Cavs are good, but it feels like they're starting to be a little bit of separation. Where right now you have the Celtics and you have the Bucks, and then kind of everybody else, like they are the top tier in the Eastern Conference. Is that the way you see it as well? Yeah, I, I do. I, I I had a couple other teams, uh, Philadelphia, maybe the Nets in that grouping mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. And obviously still enough time they could play themselves into it. But for now, yeah, I think Boston and Milwaukee, not only do I think they're the two best teams in the East, I think they're the two best teams in the league mm-hmm. right now. I, I think they both have played really well. And what's important to know, 13 and four for Boston, 12 and four for Milwaukee. They're both doing this without a key starting player. Uh, for both teams, Robert Williams still out for the Celtics. Chris Middleton still out for the Bucks. So we uh, we're we're you know just kind of in a spot here where it's you know these teams are just kind of chugging along doing their thing. One thing I heard, uh, I believe, it was Kevin Pelton noted this the other day. Mm-hmm. Boston has played a much harder schedule than Milwaukee has, but Milwaukee has had some more guys out of the lineup beyond uh, just Middleton. So you know. 13 and 4, 12 and 4, pretty good start for both of those teams. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking at the way the East is breaking down, are the Cavs in a tier of their own? Yeah, they might be. I think Atlanta probably right there with them. Okay. Uh, you know, let, let's see what happens with Toronto, Philly, Brooklyn. I, I think they, they may get in that mix. I'm, I'm a little more worried about a couple of the other teams. We'll get to a little further down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Cavs, it certainly feels their record feels a lot more sustainable than Indiana and Washington, who are the next two teams. I, uh, Washington is, uh, you know, fool me once, shame on Shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. So <laughs> right. I am not going to believe uh, this second time around. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on uh, you know, buying into the Wizards for now. You know, Hey, and if they do, great. 
happy to admit I was wrong. And, you know, it'll be a fun, fun story. But in Indiana, five straight wins. Yeah. They're now 10 and six. They're 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 very fun to watch, too. Mm. They play very fast. They get up and down the floor. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton's probably going to be right up there for league leaders and assists uh, this season. Coming off a player of the week nod, too. Uh, kind of just funny, right? Just it's uh, Hallibur- Halliburton and Fox. Uh, one <laughs> right. player of the week, right? Uh, that that's just you know, come on, NBA, you know what you're doing there. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you can put one over that. On that us. that explains <laughs> how somehow Anthony Davis got overlooked despite going for a billion <laughs> points and all the rebounds right? in the last week. In, in a week where the Lakers won a bunch of games, too, right? 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 Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I. I uh, but yeah, I mean, fun fun stories there. But yeah, the Cavs are are very very good. Uh, you know, they're they're not going to go away. They're they're going to be you know in that that home court advantage mix i think all season long not as much of a sticky stat when we're still in this you know small sample size period of the the early season but should be noted that the Cavs have the best point differential in the in the eastern conference right Mm -hmm. now so that you know suggests that maybe they they will make a case that they're in that top tier you know when all is said and done and maybe it's a three-team tier at the top but we'll but we'll see right now i still have it as boston and milwaukee and then the Cavs somewhat behind them. Uh, the Pacers, yeah, playing themselves out of the tank race, it looks like. Maybe is this is this Utah East here with, with Indiana? Um, and yeah, I agree with your be. skepticism on the on the Washington Wizards. Yeah, it might be with Indiana. Well, let's see, you know, what happens. I mean, again, sitting on thirty million dollars in cap space or so. So there there is a pretty good chance that we see the uh the the Pacers do something big right they they could still make a big move i think as long as they continue to play well uh don't look for any kind of trades anytime soon that start to break that team down i don't know that that's their intention this season then you've got the hawks the raptors the knicks um in their own kind of section i know there's been some injuries and things like that that have, that have hit these teams but i, I kind of thought that we would see i expected to see atlanta certainly above Indiana, Washington. I expect them to be more closer to being in the mix with the Cavs than where they're at currently. Is is that going to be something that shifts? You think as the season goes on? I mean, ten and seven isn't isn't terrible. No, I think it has the potential to to get better there in Atlanta. I thought they might start off a little bit bumpy. I thought the Dejounte Murray, Trey Young uh, groupings would take a little while to to figure out. Those guys sharing a backcourt, seemingly they have done okay with each other. It's kind of everybody else around that. We've talked to the John Collins stuff mm-hmm. uh, before, where he's just not getting a lot of shots. He's getting his shots in weird spots. Um, it's just kind of kind of an odd fit. So there's definitely still work to be done there. But uh, the Hawks, up until about the last let's say maybe weekish had started to show some real defensive improvement it looked like now we're starting to see the offense pick up but now the defense is sliding a little bit so you know they're going to settle into i think being a good team and again this four five six seven range feels yeah. about right for them and, and then you've got at the bottom of the of the play-in line you've got the philadelphia 76ers and the brooklyn nets both teams who have been dealing with a lot in terms of injuries, you know, that you're missing players. The Nets obviously have more stuff than just that going on. But both of these teams possess a ton of talent if everybody is out there, everybody's healthy, and they can get everybody on the same page. So are these sleeping giants, or is this going to be kind of a sputter along and just hope that come playoff time you can you can make a push? Yeah, I mean, maybe, right? We got to see what happens with these injuries. Uh, Philly's going to be down tonight, Embiid, Harden, and uh, Maxi, uh, they're going to be down those two guys at least uh, tonight. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, oddly enough, playing Brooklyn in the Ben Simmons return game. That's right. Um, so that's kind of fun. Uh, there, Tobias so, Harris returning for them. So that'll yeah, that yeah. that helps at least so, helps for sure. Someone. Yeah, they need somebody who can score the ball. Yeah, uh, on that team. Um, so yeah, it's I guess my challenge with the Philadelphia side is: Are they going to? get and stay healthy because yeah. i believe they'll get healthy it's the stay healthy part that that i'm not fully sold on and then with the nets it's what happens next right is or did, did is all of the stuff and the drama around them is it now behind them and they could just play basketball the rest of the way is there going to be more to come uh history probably tells us there's probably more to come and again not a team without injury history either so Mm -hmm. uh, i think that's your challenge when you've gotten off to this 500 ish start for both teams now you don't have a bunch of wins that you banked 
early. So if you start missing guys, start missing games, and and you play, you know, slightly below five hundred for a month, you're fine. You're you're now in a little bit of trouble um, if you're these guys. So I think that's a little bit of a challenge uh, for them. Is is sorting through and figuring that stuff out is, you know, how hard do we push? And if we push, can we keep these guys here? And then I want to go back to a team just real quick, if yeah. I can, Toronto, um, you know, really just kind of soldiering along there in Toronto. Yeah. Talk about injuries, right? man. They've had, you know, at times they've had uh, four of the five starters out uh, for the same game quite a bit. Uh, Pascal Siakam was playing at a ridiculous level, um, you know, injured and he's down for probably at least another week or so uh, with that. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. And then going back into the bottom five, a few teams we kind of expected, but a couple of teams yeah, I don't didn't. think we did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've got well, and you know what? Just real quick, because we kind of skipped over them. The the Knicks, um, yes. you know, they already had a players only meeting and done all that kind of stuff. I, I still think they just kind of are what they are. They're going to be a middle of the pack team. That's just yep. that's just what I'm, I see out of them. But yeah, I completely um, agree on the Knicks. Five hundred team that's going to be in the play in tournament. Yeah. I, I think I think that's where we both had them preseason, and mm -hmm. that feels about right. Um, the bottom of the table, yeah, the Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat. Certainly not where they want to be. And I want to start with the Bulls right now, sitting in 11th in the Eastern Conference. Are are we getting closer? Because this is a team that we said going into the season to keep an eye on to see if they don't have the kind of success that they're hoping to have, do they make some drastic decisions uh, prior to the trade deadline? Do you think we're, we're pushing further down that path to where we may see them as a seller on the trade market sooner rather than later? I think it's possible, but... It, they, they're this next month for them is going to be huge. Can they kind of start playing better? It looks like Levine is finally starting to find his footing a little bit. Uh, Vucevic is coming around with a handful of strong games in a row. Uh, we'll, we'll see if they can kind of start to figure things out. Then no, then they may go the other way, right? And they could be a buyer mm -hmm. as they look to, to push into being there. I mean, the reality is right now, six is the goal for a team like Chicago, right? Get into that top six in the assured playoff spot and avoid the play-in tournament. And they're three games out of that. So plenty of time, you know, clearly to make up that ground. They had a big win over Boston. They beat Boston twice, which is uh, a little weird. The Celtics have lost four games, two in regulation to the Bulls and two in overtime to the Cavs. Um, so, you know, Chicago, I guess, just positioned for a few more games against Boston and you're, you're, you're probably doing okay. But yeah, I, I, I tend to think, they're probably going to get better and better enough that they don't do any kind of sell-off, but we'll see. I mean, it's, you know, uh, our Torres learned at Tim, the Tim Conley side, and it could be a, you know, Hey, let's go in a slightly different direction here and uh, do almost a one-year pivot. But yeah, this next month's going to be big for the Bulls. And, and then the Miami heat, uh, you know, missing Jimmy Butler right now, but still this, this team is underperforming relative to expectations. I had them closer to, not necessarily. I think I had them in like my second tier in the East. Mm -hmm. And so this team, I was expecting this team certainly to finish higher than the Bulls. And yet here we are. They're sitting in 12th place in the Eastern Conference. What What is going on uh, with Miami? They've lost now four in a row. When healthy, they have a huge hole in their front court next to Bam Adebayo. It's kind of Adebayo is the only real big man on the roster and then not a lot else. Uh, rookie Nikola Jovic is starting to show some stuff um, as they've played him because what's happened in the last couple of weeks is, I mean, injuries have wiped these guys out. They've played yeah. a couple of games with only seven or eight players available. So that is really tough on a team. I mean, Kyle Lowry played the other night. He played a 50 minute game, played incredible, but like, we don't want Kyle Lowry playing. You know, we, we, we don't want him playing 40 minutes. Never mind 50. When your age and your minutes match <laughs> and you're 50, that, that's not, yeah. that's not a good thing. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, so yeah, so I think that's you know that's a challenge for them, but it's right now it's kind of get through. But they got to figure out something at the four. Now, sometimes you know uh, what, what is that called? Uh, necessity is the mother of all invention, right? Yeah. It's necessity is play Nikola Jovic because we literally have no one else. And they maybe are finally like, all right, maybe this kid can play a little bit more than we thought. So maybe they've stumbled into something. You know, we'll see you know, what they do. Uh, there's a lot of people keep kind of screaming about, well, maybe a trade, maybe a trade. I just don't know where that trade is coming from. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're about out of tradable assets on, on that team. So, so we'll see. But mostly it's let's get healthy and see where we go from there. 
And then at the bottom, you've got the Wembenyama three. You've got the Orlando Magic, the Charlotte Hornets, the Detroit Pistons. Um, all of them in different phases of kind of where they're they're building. Well, sort of. I guess the Magic and the, and the Pistons are kind of in the same boat. But, uh, you know, Charlotte, when they missed out on, on uh, Lamelo at the beginning of the season, we said that might be an opportunity for them to really bottom things out. Feels like that's kind of the way they're going. They lost the last three. Mm-hmm. And then the Magic and the Pistons, you know, I mean, the Pistons have lost the last seven games. And they're missing Kate Cunningham now. This is a, a downward spiral that's going pretty fast. So I, I don't think any of these teams is necessarily that worried about their current situation right now. They're not looking at it saying, man, we need to do something to get out of this spot because they're going to get a solid draft pick out of this. But I, I just think this is going to be a chance for all three of these teams to see what they've got, play some of their younger players, and then uh, regroup this summer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that any of these teams wanted to be in this spot. I think sure. they're all hoping to be pushing up the standings a little bit. But this is kind of what happens when you're in this position. You don't have a ton of depth ready to step forward. You have some injuries and everything kind of goes sideways on you pretty quickly. And I think that's where we're at with these guys. I think, um, you know, it's it's now we're back to where we expected to be, right? It's back into development time uh, for, for these three teams. But the, the really important thing for especially Orlando and Detroit is you got to get those guys back on the floor because wins and losses don't really matter for you right now losses are they are what they are it's you need those minutes you need those minutes with those guys on the floor together figure out who fits because next year you're hoping to start taking those steps forward and that that's a little bit of your challenge and then you know charlotte eh, it's yeah i don't know that's feeling like uh all right we've got lamello is our you know one definite building block everything else around here maybe we're willing to Mm -hmm. talk trade and see what we could do um and they could be a team we could see if they decide to lean in heavy we could see them completely crater that thing out and just say hey lamella let's say oh you need an extra two weeks for your ankle to get better sure we're we're fine because i mean it's just bad right now and it's honestly it's not the worst thing in the world because they're just kind of stuck where they are because of you know they, they they just you know continue to make Poor roster decisions that Gordon Hayward contract. I mean, I, it's, we're, we're not we're we're not exactly patting ourselves on the back here, but we're both like, wait, what now? Right. You know, when that happened, and that's that's you know that's, that's unfortunately the way it's, it's played out. Especially when we added in the reality of stretching Batum in mm-hmm. order to make that happen. So it was like, I would an extra ten million essentially per year Almost, that you had to look yeah. at as you're paying Gordon Hayward what he's making, which is what like thirty million, and then yeah. on top of that you're paying an extra 10 million to Batum. So you got to factor that into the deal too. It was just, it was mind boggling. Yeah. Now the good news is the Batum stretch ends the, after this year, mm-hmm. the Hayward one uh, that still got another year of money year. there. And I'm going to guess he picks up that player option. I, yeah. I, I, I think I, that's, I, a, that's a pretty, pretty good likely. All right. Let's head down to well, look, the, before we jump out. Okay. Let, 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 let's go back to the East. If we can real quick. Yep. We're saying, I think, Chicago and Miami will get back in there. Uh-huh. Are we who are we taking out of the mix? If we're saying Chicago and Miami get into the play-in, because I, I do feel like they will get into the play-in. Who are you taking out? Mm. I mean, it feels weird with them being so so high up in the standings right now, but the Wizards, I think, yep. and the and the Pacers, I think, yeah. would be the two that would be I went the, same the ones spot. to fall out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they're not. It's not like they've created a seven-game difference already. Right. I mean, they're what? It's let's see. The Pacers are three and a half up on the the Bull Bulls, four up on the Heat. But yeah, that's that's still that that's not enough of a difference to be this early functionally no. matter. You know, right now. So yeah, right. yeah, I'm with you. Same same spot. All right, now let's head down to the Western Conference. Where look at that, and just as everyone expected, the Utah Jazz sitting atop <laughs> the West. Uh, they have started to cool off a little bit. They were bit, yeah. they were red hot there for a while, six and four in their last ten now, but still sitting at number one in the Western Conference, twelve and seven on the season. Um, and now we're hearing that they might be interested in trading for John Collins and like saying, okay, cool, we're gonna we're just gonna go for it. It might not be what we had planned, but <laughs> but let let's do this. Uh, is is Utah? Is this real? I guess that's that's the question. Is this real? 
Yeah, it's tough because they've played uh, of their 19 games. They've played 12, uh, basically a third of their or two thirds of their schedule has been played on the road already. So that is that's tough, um, you know, to to play that much. And they they've not only has it been played on the road, but they've had like weird road trips. That happens to those Midwest uh, teams or, or uh, mountain teams, I guess, yeah. like like Utah and Denver, because sometimes they get they put get put on these East Coast trips, but they're like when the Lakers or the Clippers or the Suns the Warriors go east, they go east for like a week, yeah. uh, a week and a half. Sometimes Utah might go east for like three days and then they come back and play, you know, at home. And then they go back east again for like two days. It happens with, with those teams that are in the middle of the country. But I don't know, man. I, I'm just struggling to buy in fully because I just – I look at it, it's kind of weird. I last night's loss to the Clippers was it was a good fun game, yeah. but they they're really gonna miss Mike Conley while he's out. They just they miss his playmaking. Uh Colin Sexton is a scorer. Jordan Clarkson is a score first, second, third kind of guy. He's not super interested. So that put a lot on their bigs. Jared Vanderbilt flashing some passing skills and doing some stuff. Uh, Kelly Olynyk's a good passer, but it, it, it's weird. They play kind of that inverted offense a little bit with the bigs are, are functioning more outside and those kind of things. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of good players there. I, I don't know. I mean, hey, you know, this might, we might still be having this conversation on January 1st. I'm like, yeah, I just don't know about the jazz when they're, right. you know, still sitting somewhere in like the top three or four teams. And, you know, and I may, may be the one who looks like an idiot here. I'm fully open, open to that possibility. Yeah, they've uh, they've been certainly a pleasant surprise. Um, I think they've already won too many games to say, whoa, 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 let's let's <laughs> switch things up here. Um, and let, They're let, already uh, eight games up on the Rockets. Yeah, uh, so they. So. I don't think this team is going to tank anymore. I think if anything, they'll be a buyer on the market, and uh, and they'll see where this can go, and then and then go from there. Um, mm-hmm. All right, the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> then it's like everybody else, right? <laughs> like, but, until we get down further. Are the Suns the best team in the West? They've got the best point differential. They they have a ten and six record now. Chris Paul's been out of action, but mm-hmm. as much as we look at okay, Utah's sitting in the one seed and Phoenix is in the number two. I feel like the general perception is that Phoenix right now is the is the best team. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I, I can agree with that. I think Phoenix is doing a little bit of the been there, done that yeah. uh, routine with the regular season. I think they fully realize now, hey, if it's a back-to-back, we don't need to push really hard to win this. Like, Let's just get, be in the top four. Let's have home court. Let's uh, move forward from, from that. So, yeah, I, I think Phoenix has a chance to uh, be the best team in the West. They may not finish with the best record in the Western Conference. We may see some some one of these upstarts kind of catch them. But I do think uh, Phoenix has a real chance to be uh, one of the best teams in the West. They, they might be that team where we're kind of like, almost like Golden State a little bit last year at points. Sure. Where it was like, ah, you know, I don't really care where they finish. But as long as they're kind of up there, I feel pretty good about it. That may be where we're at with Phoenix. Challenge for the Suns, though. Now we've kind of hit the point where I don't really care what you do here if it's the playoffs that matter. And that's always a tough spot for a team when those are become your expectations now is, you know, you need to win in the postseason because just getting back there and, you know, winning the conference in the regular season, it's not enough anymore. Correct. Yeah. Especially after the way the playoffs played out last season, they have to exercise those demons and that is not going to happen during the regular season here. Correct. They, it, If they finish with the five seed, if they finish with the one seed, all that anybody is going to going to care about or all that's going to matter 
is what they do in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I will say one thing that is super encouraging with them. Defense has not fallen off at, at all. I mean, they are still, you know, doing their thing as a defensive team. You're really kind of, you know, main, maintaining that they're they're right up there with a lot of those other teams uh, defensively. And they should be uh, executing a Jake Crowder trade at some point, and then yep. maybe you can add now. some pieces that way. Yep. Uh, the the Nuggets, not quite as like we had this pegged as I believe they might have even been your team to finish first in the West. I think I did pick them in the regular season, yes. So have not been quite as good as as we expected, but what do you attribute that to? Is there a little bit of the kind of, I mean, the been there, done that effect with Jokic, just because he's been MVP and everything, and they've got guys that have been coming back from injury when you talk about Jamal Murray and, and uh, Michael Porter Jr. Is, that, is all of that kind of combining to a just kind of, well, 10 and 6, cool, we're good for the nuggets. Hey, it's more that second one with the, uh, you know, trying to get guys back again, yeah. another mountain team road, heavy schedule to start the year, two thirds other games on the road already. They've been very good at home as they usually are, but yeah, I think they're trying to figure out how do we get Mari and Porter back in. And then, yeah, unfortunately in the last couple of weeks they went through, you know, had an illness. They, they think it was termed non COVID, but definitely had guys out in the health and safety protocols. Um, so definitely had something to run through the team a little bit. So I think that's the tough thing, right? Cause if you have one bad week this early in the year, all of a sudden it's, it completely changes your trajectory right. of what your record looks like. So I'm not, I, I, I still feel pretty good about Denver. Cause again, I think they're going to be all right. They need to pick up their defense. So, uh, that they're they're not defending in ways that feel really good. And Michael Porter Jr. just came out and said uh, just just the other day, uh, often I, well, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it was something like offense should be auto uh, should be on autopilot for me because I know what I need to do. I need to focus on the defensive end. And there's a lot of times you watch that team when he's in there, he's just kind of running around on defense and not doing I don't cardio. even know what he's doing. <laughs> he's getting in the cardio yeah that's it yeah something like that yeah except it's like getting cardio by at least being near someone on the other team like that would be helpful you know yeah he he did when they played boston the other day he did this thing where it's like he it looked like he was trailing his man around a screen except his man didn't move out of the corner and he just ran around this whole screen action and it was so weird and then by the time he finally got back to his man his man back cut him for a layup and I didn't like it was just it was one of the oddest things I've ever seen. It was, it was very, very, very just. Yeah, I don't get it. It's Michael Malone immediately called timeout and put Porter on the bench. And I was like, that might be the end of Michael Porter for the night. It didn't end up going that way. But yeah, it was tough. Uh, the Clippers sitting in the four seed currently at 11 and seven uh, yeah. got the win last night over the over the Jazz. Uh, they've dealt with a bunch of injuries. We've seen mm-hmm. Paul George in out of the lineup, Kawhi Leonard in and out of the lineup. Uh, and yet here they are. They're they're right kind of – this is where, you know, early on in the season they weren't shooting the ball very well and they were kind of low in the standings and people started yeah. to raise their eyebrows and stuff. And I'm like, this team has too much depth to not still be fairly decent even with the guys that they have out of their lineup. And so far that's – it's starting to stabilize here. And again, they've jumped all the way up to the four seed now in the West. Yeah, I don't have a lot to add to that except, yeah, they're playing like like they should – now and uh Kawhi is he's figuring it out again like he's starting to starting to show some stuff here in these last couple games especially as a passer Mm. um yeah that's it it's just a really good team all right light the beam Beam team (laughs) let's go the winners of six straight now they're eight and two in their last 10 and they're in the fifth seed Keith we said this was going to be the season that the Sacramento Kings break their their playoff drought and here we are uh, they are the five seed right now. Now, again, it's very early. They are, what, one game up on the 10 seed. So this this could change in a couple of days very quickly. But for right now, Sacramento sitting in the five seed, playing good basketball, winning. And it seems like there's an, getting to be an air of confidence around this team that probably didn't exist in seasons past. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we're 15 games in. And I'm basically, I don't know that I'm going to call them uh, uh, NBA record-breaking great offense, but I'm very ready to say this offense is good. 
and yeah. it's just going to be good. Uh, Darren Fox, I know we talked about it just the other day uh, when I hit you with the holy shooting ninety percent at the rim. Um, but it is, I mean, they've they've got a lot of offensive weapons. I mean, a lot of guys can do some stuff. It's going to be some stuff that levels off for sure, mm-hmm. um, and that that's where we'll see that dip a little bit. But I think they're going to finish probably as a top ten offense um, in the NBA this year. And then if the defense, let's see, they are right now. I'm just pulling it up on basketball reference. Um, they are, they're 27. So if you can nudge that up to around 20 and you can be a top 10 offense, you'll be a playoff team. You could, that could help you mitigate any kind of just natural regression that you're going to see on the offensive yeah. end. I mean, Darren Fox is not going to finish the season shooting 90% at the rim. That's, <laughs> Probably it's, not. it's not going to happen. So yeah. Um, yeah, if you can do that, then maybe you can kind of mm-hmm. keep yourself right about where you're at and stabilize everything. Yep. Uh, the Pelicans sitting in the sixth seed, 10 and seven. Uh, also, one game back out of first. Though, again, the, the West is ridiculously compact. This team, though, uh, positive 6.3 point differential helps when you blow out the Warriors. What was the final score? They blew it up blow, blow <laughs> 45. The Warriors by 45. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That, that now, will it was change the your point Warriors in, in quotation Correct. marks because they left basically everybody home. Yes. Um, and didn't go. So, but yeah, still, I mean, 45 point wins are, and, you know, And Zion had like nine or something. It wasn't like their Mm -hmm. guys all had these crazy blow up games Mm -hmm. or anything like that. It was like the whole team chipped in. This team is good. This is, this is a good team. They're they're a fun team to watch. And um, I'm not surprised at all that their six seed wouldn't surprise me if they finished higher than this. I think they're going to be, they're going to be solid as long as they can stay healthy. Yeah. And they're deep too. They've got a lot of talent up and down. They've got a couple interesting potential trade pieces too. If they decide, Hey, we really need to go get, you know, this, uh, for our roster. Uh, yeah, that's a good team there in new Orleans. They're, 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 they're not going away. And then we've got the Grizzlies. I mean, you look at the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, the Blazers, like technically, yeah, you've got the, the Grizzlies and the Blazers are in the play in, whereas the Pelicans are not, they all have the same record, right? They're mm-hmm. they all have the same record. The, the West again, Insanely half game the, like right place, so the yeah. 10 seed is two games back of the one seed like this is mm-hmm. insane but uh but the grizzlies you know dealing with injuries to john morant sounds like he may be back in action tonight yeah that would be, be awesome to yeah. see that'd be great um, yep. the, i think this team is probably a little bit better than what their record currently shows mm-hmm. and once they get everybody healthy once they get jaron jackson jr fully reincorporated i i think we'll start to see what they can really be yeah, I completely agree. And they, um, they very interestingly enough, kept Danny Green. Uh, there's some thought maybe Danny Green will get back to maybe help them as a rotation guy. But if nothing else, that's a $10 million contract that can be used in trade for them to go get something. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Memphis make, make a move, just kind of one of those, um, hey, we need to bolster our bench a little bit because we, we we don't necessarily want to rely on first and second year guys quite as much uh, there. But yeah, I mean, good team. And, you know, again, we talked about guys taking advantage of their opportunities. Santi Aldama, when yeah. this team you know was down, Jaron Jackson Jr. played really, really well to the point where sometimes guys do that. And then it's just, well, now they're a rotation guy. I can't just because somebody else came back and they can't lose their spot. And they're just, you know, I mean, good, good player, you know, can really do some stuff. Uh, that's another guy too, who sometimes in summer league, you can kind of see it coming. And mm-hmm. he looked great in summer league this year. He just looked, almost looked like, why is he here? Um, which he obviously should have been there because he was not great as a rookie. But then I was like, all right, you know, maybe there's a little something going on here and it, it's carried over. All right. Portland at one seed at one point was the one seed in the Western conference, Yeah, like a now, week ago. <laughs> but yeah, they, they've lost their last three. And so that's all it takes in the West. So you lose a couple of games and you're the eight seed next thing, you know, mm-hmm. but um, calf strain for, for Damian Lillard, uh, again, going to be reevaluated in about a week ish, maybe two weeks. We'll see what happens there. Uh, what is this is this Portland team? How good are they really? I don't buy that they're the one seed in the Western Conference. I take that as just kind of small sample size craziness happening. But is this a solid playoff team that should be in the mix here? If they're healthy, yes. They don't have the depth 
to get through. Like we talked about New Orleans has great depth. Memphis has done a really good job developing their depth. Denver, Clippers, Suns. That's the difference. The 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 Portland Trailblazers, their their top seven guys are all pretty good. I'd put them up with most other teams. The problem is if you start missing one or two of those top seven guys, now all of a sudden you're seeing it show up where it's like, oh boy, it's it's pretty ugly uh, behind those guys. And they're not in a great spot to add a lot either. Um, you know, they really have to be kind of a shuffle of send right. some money out and a productive guy out. Um, so, yeah, but if they're healthy, they're tough. And that's they could be a team where if they're down here and they're in the play-in, they're going to be a team where it's like, ah, I really don't want to deal with Damian Lillard in the first right. round. And, you know, he could win a game or two almost all by himself. And then, you know, they have a game where, you know, him and Simons and Sharp and a bunch of other guys hit, you know, 23 pointers and we lose again. Now all of a sudden we're in a series that we didn't expect to be in. Kind of, kind of what happened with New Orleans and Phoenix uh, yeah. a year ago where it's like we didn't expect to have this kind of trouble. And the next thing you know, here we are. So look, we'll, we'll see you know, where it goes with the uh, Blazers, but they, they they just gotta keep you know turning the bottom of that roster and try to find some guys who can pop and step forward. Now and then you've got the Mavs sitting in the nine seed right now. Uh, I mean this team is as superstar centric as any team in the NBA, probably mm-hmm. more so. Everything is just dependent on on Luca. How long can you really do this? Like he's he's young, but he has to do so much heavy lifting for this team. And I don't know how they get that other piece that they need to go go find. I know they've got some contracts they can move and things, and they're going to be on the lookout for it. But it really, it really is. This team's going to go as far as Luca takes him, takes them, and and that's it. Yeah. Do you know what Luca's usage rate is right now? And I'm using basketball oh, references. God. It's got to be like like forty percent or something. Pretty close, thirty-eight point three. I knew it had to be like um, ridiculously. Up yeah, there. I mean they are. They need him to create almost everything. Uh, he's also playing thirty-seven minutes per game. Um, that's something I'm honestly that's that I'm a little bit worried about. Not gonna freak on it too much because they are. They played an absolute glacial pace, like the slowest team in the league. I think I want to say it's by a pretty pretty good amount too. Um, I can I can pull that up here and look at it, but they're they're you know yeah they are almost two full possessions uh, less um, than Cleveland, who's the next slowest team. So mm-hmm. I mean, it is just get it to Luca, walk it up. Um, their defense does quite well with that because then they're able to lock in. They set their defense, uh, but yeah, you gotta. I mean, have a broken record with this, and we all are. But gotta get Lucas some help. Gotta get Lucas some help. The other thing too is. They played 11 of their first 16 at home. So kind of the reverse of a couple of teams we talked at the top. Uh, they're going to start going on the road here, including a, a trip into Boston uh, this week. Now, Lucas worked magic there the last few years. So we'll see what happens. But it's I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about Dallas just because there's some stuff there that I, I don't know. But playoff team probably still. But wouldn't surprise me if they're in the play-in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves were a team that we were looking at currently in the 10 seed, uh, saying what's going on with this team, and now they've won four straight, and in the West, that's bumped them up to the 10 seed. Uh, have they righted the ship? Is everything everything good to go now when they're going to be the team that we thought they would be heading into the season, or is there still cause to, for concern uh, up north in Minnesota? Yeah, maybe. Uh, Rudy Gobert, their last game, didn't take any shots. Uh, from the field um there's already stuff about anthony edwards passes to him less than See, donovan mitchell did. yeah i was gonna say donovan mitchell doesn't want to pass on the ball now right. he goes up up to minnesota and anthony edwards doesn't want to yeah. pass them poor rudy gobert man somebody share the ball with him right so i i uh i'm not gonna go as far as saying it's all fixed but i think I think they were playing far below their potential to begin this season, but I think this is probably about what they are right around 500 ish team. I know some people thought, Hey, regular season team, let's boost them way up in the standings. They might win a whole bunch of games, but if you're going to have, you're going to have a team like Sacramento and Portland, those teams play better than you expect. Some teams have to play worse and Minnesota might be one of them. So probably in the playing mix, but, 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 We'll, we'll see. It wouldn't surprise me if they, they slipped out uh, just because it, it is a little bit messy there. And then I, I don't know how this is the case, but there's a tier break and the Golden State Warriors are sitting in the <laughs> in this this lower tier. Yeah. Like 
And, and the longer they stayed, like we, this was at the beginning of the season, it was, oh, it's just early. They're not playing that hard, that that type of thing. And if it, But the longer they stayed down here in the muck of the, the bottom of the Western Conference, the more you start to wonder, like, is this is this real or is this they're they're just you know not not really pushing down on the gas but another they're they're not out of it by any means again they're three and a half games out of first place because once again the west is insanely compact mm -hmm. but still it's at this stage of the season to see the warriors sitting in the 11th seed it becomes more concerning by the day yeah and if we don't see them rip off like a four or five game win streak here pretty soon you start to really be like all right, where are we going with, with this group? Seven and one at home, one and nine on the road. That's kind of the record profile of a generally a bad team. Um, you know, is like like one of those kind of rebuilding teams where they mm -hmm. get that bump at home and they play quite well, and then on the road they they don't play as well. Um, but yeah, it's 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 weird. And now they're obviously not concerned. They just like we talked about. They just threw that game away completely at yeah. New Orleans. Said we're not going to bring you know Curry and Green and Thompson and Wiggins and you know a lot of our regulars just stay stay out. You're not going to play, and uh, they they completely got destroyed. Which hey, if you're still willing to throw games away, where you know you get a win in that game, now you're nine and nine. You're five hundred. You're feeling maybe a little bit better about that. But my guess is they still feel like right, we we've got a run in us. I'm going to keep hammering on it until they do something about it. Got to fix the bench. Um, this is no longer the Warriors where the starters hand over 15 and 20 point leads. By the time you go to the bench, the starters are handing over a five point lead. And then that terrible bench is not able to hold it. And mm -hmm. that's been their you know, single biggest issue right now is, I mean, Curry is Curry's playing as good as he's ever played. He could be the MVP uh, this year, if not for the team being eight and 10. Yeah, exactly. And so the, the question becomes, when do they kick it in? When When's that mm -hmm. going to happen? What's that going to look like? Yep. All right. Bottom of the conference. Um, one of these teams is not like the others. That the Thunder, the Spurs, <laughs> and the Rockets are all essentially going into the season saying, hey, we're going to be bad. Greg Popovich obviously infamously said, don't don't bet on us to win a championship and, and all of that. The Thanks for that advice, Pop, too, especially when you sit main guys well, willy-nilly here and there. Like, I don't know. Did you see the whole Devin Vassell thing the other night? No, it was I didn't. Like, oh, it was Devin Vassell's in the lineup. Oh, Devin Vassell's out. No, wait, he's going to actually play. No, wait, he's actually out. And he ended up out. And, I mean, there's been a lot of that stuff where, like, these guys, you know, magical one-game injuries, and then, then they're back. I think the Spurs are uh, starting to manage things a little bit. There's a, yeah, manage. Managing the tank. <laughs> um, yeah. You've got look, look, OKC. Shea Gilders Alexander has been phenomenal. He's mm -hmm. dropping thirty like basically every single night. Um, he's been incredible. They've got some pieces there that can be interesting, but again, they kind of have to sit near the bottom here and get another high draft pick and then go from there before they're going to try. You're seeing with them. Sorry to interrupt you, no, but you're seeing with them their talent imbalance now too. Yeah. It's they, they've got Gilgis Alexander and a bunch of interesting younger guys who are kind of trying to figure their way, figure things out in the NBA for themselves. And that's where they're, they're really kind of, you, you see it kind of all fall apart there, but in some ways, it's not the worst thing because it's like they play super close games. They, they're in, you know, most of these games, mm -hmm. Gilgis Alexander plays really well and then they lose, which Kind of when you're rooting for a rebuilding team in a year where there's generational talent at the top of the draft, you're probably like, eh, not the worst thing in the world. We get to see a really good close game. Our guys played well, and we lost. So moving yeah. on. Yeah, the best thing really would be to lose every game by one. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that's, I, your, that's your <laughs> best funny, case scenario. I said that once to, to a coach. And the co coach was like, yeah, you know what happened? You would get fired and no one would be happy. And he goes, no, from a coaching standpoint, I do not want to lose. Every no, game correct. But yeah. Coach yeah. No, I, yeah, there's there. Yeah. You don't want to get drilled and get your you know tail kicked every single game. Cause then there's no interest in people. Right. You know, are out on the season, but yeah. Yeah. For sure. Now they've already won seven games. So I do think mm -hmm. that they're probably, they're, they're a better team than the Spurs or, or the Rockets. Certainly. Agreed. Um, I think so. They, I think they are kind of in their own little tier there. Um, the Spurs are they're, they're not good at basketball. That's that's it's a it's a bad team. And, and you, like you said, they are trying to, you know, we're seeing them do some things that they they're trying to bottom this thing out and they're being successful at it. Yeah. When you're sitting Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell here and there, Jakob Pertle, even on occasion, you're you know, and it's this is it's not a criticism by any means. You know, it's it's I, I think Greg Popovich and staff there know kind of we know what the deal is, play them enough that they 
get those minutes and they develop and uh Keldon Johnson everybody by now should know I absolutely love that dude mm-hmm. and Devin Vassell's rapidly climbing on my list I think those those two guys are really really good uh, and then Jakob Pertl we'll just see if he sticks in San Antonio or not my guess is we might see him get traded well, much like Derek White a year ago it might be a little bit of like all right hey by the time we're ready to really do this thing you're probably not going to be a part of it. So maybe we move on from, from you and get what yeah. we can uh, draft pick wise and young player wise. So, so we'll see, but yeah. yeah. And then the rockets are just, I mean, they're, they're naturally bad, which is again, it's fine. They're super young. God, they are frustrating though to watch. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, all right, we're kind of hanging in this one. Oh, here comes a quarter where in the eight minutes we score two points and we have seven turnovers and, and the game's over. Yeah, and then the next thing, exactly. Now we're down 15 and the game's over. Like, it's just, you know, I mean, they, they do some weird stuff as far as like, you know, balls that are, you know, sailing eight rows deep into the seats and, you know, or like two on one breaks and guys are just, you know, basically handing it to the other. It's just weird, weird uh, stuff. But they're, they're super young. They'll figure out Jamari Smith maybe starting to show a little bit of signs, but mm-hmm. good Lord, Houston's guards, please make it easier on this man. Like give him passes in places where he can score. Stop ignoring him on the roll, so you can shoot a crappy, uh, you know, step back pull up from twenty feet. Like I, I can't take any more of those. It's powering the tank, though. Yeah, sure, <laughs> but I mean, come on, get your big. You're not, you're not winning games either way. Yeah, we're work with the kid. Um, the lake, my Lakers, currently the only team that hasn't won a game on the road, I believe, uh, in, the, uh, in yeah, the NBA. That's right. Um, they they do head out on the road now to take on Phoenix. I mean, that's going to be a, a difficult matchup. No LeBron James again. Uh, so they've been dealing with injuries. We've already seen that happening. Anthony Davis came into the season with a, a bulky back. And then you've got LeBron dealing with the, the adductor issue. So injuries already kind of ramping up for them. But they also had an absolutely brutal first 10, 12 games, especially when suddenly, like, from for the Lakers' perspective, we were looking at everything going, oh, my God, this schedule is horrible. Oh, but at least there's a couple of games against the Jazz. Yeah. Oh, and then that turned out to be not any kind of a reprieve at <laughs> yeah. all. And so uh, they got some games against some weaker competition more recently. You got uh, the Brooklyn Nets missing Kyrie Irving, second night of a back-to-back. By the way, the last three games have been second night of a back-to-back where they played the Clippers the night before. Historically, mm-hmm. it's, it feels like it's always the opposite, where the Lakers get them the first night, Clippers get them the second. So yeah, it feels like there's time. always like uh, Lakers play them on the Sunday, and yeah. then the Clippers get them on the Monday. Yeah. Yep. But um, but played some weaker competition in, in the Detroit Pistons and then uh, the San Antonio Spurs. And so they picked up a few wins there. I don't know. I mean, I still think this team shouldn't be sitting quite where they are. I think some of this is the difficulty of the schedule. They also shot unsustainably poorly to start the season. It was they were a 21 percent from three for the first like five <laughs> games or what. I mean, just historically bad. So I did expect that to level out a little bit. I don't know if I could put them up into the mix just yet, but things are starting to look a little bit better as Anthony Davis gets healthier. The question then becomes, can LeBron get healthy? Can he stay healthy? And then what do you do from there? If you make trades or anything like that. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, two two things that are worrisome for me with the Lakers is very home-heavy schedule so far, 10 home games, only five road games. And they, as you said, they've been poor on the road. So that's a little worrisome, you know, there because – now that just means there's five more road games coming, you know, uh, later this year um, than, than there are home games. The other thing is kind of like we talked about with Portland, they can't have injuries because they just don't have the depth to, to sustain it. When you're missing, you know, one of one or two, or sometimes, you know, it seems like three kind of ish mm-hmm. of the star guys, you just, you, you can't play that way. It's just not, there's just not enough there. Anthony Davis playing great. Um, I, I, think you and i talked about it maybe maybe it was you know somewhere else that it was but i am um worried of like can he sustain this kind of usage like this is like young you know first few years in the league anthony davis usage levels right now so it sounds awesome but 
Like, is this guy going to have anything left in the tank come like March and April? If you're trying to, you know, play must win games to get into the, you know, into the postseason mix. So, so I'm a little bit worried there, but the reasons for optimism are shooting a little bit better. I think some guy, I think uh, Darvin Ham's kind of getting guys figured into the roles and the rotation. And, you got and this, uh, um, Schroeder and Thomas Bryant came back to help round things mm-hmm. out a little bit. Yeah. I don't, I, they, they've got to do something to rebalance. Just they, they need another wing. Yeah. They've got too many guards, um, too, too many guards masquerading as wings, I guess is the best way to, to, to put that, um, you know, but you know, you get LeBron back, you get, you know, keep AD rolling and Russ keeps doing his thing off the bench. Yeah. I mean, you could see, see this reverse and we've talked about it, you know, uh, multiple times on this show. I'm sure you've talked it ad nauseum mm-hmm. and I know Lakers fans know no reason to tank, don't have their drag control of their draft pick. Right. Um, so you might as well just, you know, go out there and try to win games as much as you can. But yeah, I think they're being very smart. I think, think uh, there's a point where it's like, all right, we don't need to push LeBron. Like, Let's get back when you're not 95, 96, 97%, 100%. That's when we'll play you. We don't need to do anything more than that. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll we'll see with this. All right, I'm going to ask you the same question. Yeah. So, Warriors, I think we both feel still good. Warriors will get in there um, into the to, into the top 10. Do you, you feel like the Lakers are going to get into that top 10 too? It's so dependent on health and okay. if the front office does something or doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say if they're going to do it or not. It's... Right now, I'm going to say no, just based on kind of where they're at. Yeah. So I'll say the Warriors in. I'm going to take out of the mix, maybe a little bit of a surprise, but I'm going to take Minnesota out. I think Portland no, I think that's fair. is ahead of Minnesota. Um, I The Jazz, I still like – man, I wanted it to, to say Utah, but they, they've they're just so been too up. good. I can't yeah. – I can't do that right now so yeah so i'm gonna say warriors get in minnesota gets out and that's kind of what your 10 looks like in the west well and that's that's the other piece of this for the lakers right is we look at look at the western conference you just went oh my god there's there's well there's 12 playoff teams here like if you know it's a what no matter what happens you've got at least two playoff teams that are going to be out and so the hope for the lakers was okay the kings and the blazers those two have to be non-playoff teams essentially and both of them have performed i think better than expectations portland dropped off a little bit recently but sure but both both teams have been really good certainly you know better than the lakers and so now it's oh are the lakers going to be that team that's on the outside looking in and that's the way it's shipping up right now so we'll see how that ultimately plays out but it's not just what are the lakers doing it's what are the teams that they were hoping would be yeah. kind of the bottom of the of the uh play in or below that play in line doing and those teams are exceeding expectations right now so that compounds the problem yeah i think when we are having this conversation in like february and march and the standings obviously at that point matter a lot more you start to look at and you can say things like all right the lakers are in 12th but they're only two games out of you know seventh or something but then the challenge becomes is but that's still five teams in between there that we have to climb and those teams have to lose yeah exactly that's where it gets hard because it's yeah you're only a couple games back but it's it becomes we've got to climb all these teams to get to where we want to be i i will say this like it's got to be shoot for the play-in hope we're healthy and then we're going to make our run into the play-in and try to be a problem in the first round i cannot see them i I fully recognize and it's only a few games right now i just can't see them climbing up into the top six just because again that factor that's way too many teams it's a lot you need all you, know, you need seven, eight teams to, you know, kind of start really going south while you go really north to to pass them in the standings. It would take some kind of surprise trade or something where they get like three really solid rotation sure. players back and it totally yeah. balances things out. That, that that and you get healthy to to make that kind mm-hmm. of a run. But yeah, without um, a doubt, I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> we, we went through every team. We we covered a, the the entire table here. And uh, I think that was a good summary of where things are at in the NBA. We'll see where things are at news-wise, whether or not we're going to do a, a pre-Thanksgiving show uh, tomorrow. But we'll, we'll check in and go from there. I know I've got to hit the road uh, early <laughs> in the afternoon. So yeah. hopefully we'll have time to get something in. And if not, um, hope everybody has a very happy Thanksgiving. We'll be off for Thanksgiving Thursday and Friday. And uh, yeah, eat some good food, hang out, and, uh, and watch some World, World Cup soccer. 
Yeah, you get you got football of one kind in the morning, then you get football right. of the other kind in the, the afternoon and evening. So yeah, I, my my go to on Thanksgiving is enjoy the food, family, and football. And That's right. You've got two different kinds. So have fun. It's a day off for the NBA. So uh, generally tends to be really, truly a day off where nothing really, really goes on. So, yeah, it's a, enjoy it, guys. Uh, you know, remember, you know, it's 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 even if you're not super into the whole Thanksgiving part of it, it's hopefully a chance to to rest and relax and, you know, enjoy, enjoy some other stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Have a great one. Till next time. See you and stay safe.